For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No! Ebs, you have not stopped smiling since you came on here, so i got to ask you something. This trade to New York, how has it been for you? From just watching out here, and we don't get you as much as we'd like the games, but has it kind of recharged you? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's fun playing um, meaningful games. How about that? I think this is one of the tighter knit groups that I've been a part of since I started playing hockey. So, um, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, it absolutely is. Uh, good day, Canada. Welcome to the RP Show, Canada's daytime sports talk show. And our uh, Canadian sports fans around the world. Reason I'm looking at my phone and sending this to producer Clark on the other side of the wall is I see my good man Jack Bailey's watching from Ottawa today and I was talking to you about him in our morning meeting I was on his podcast yesterday yeah blue line sports podcast and he's watching so g'day Jack he's just so cute I can't stand it he's 14 and he's gonna kill me because I'm gonna say that he looks seven but I'm on this podcast with him yesterday, and he was talking like he's been in the business for 20 years. I'm like, how is this coming out of this little person? You got it? Can we put it? That's me and Jack yesterday. Look at that kid. That's unreal. He's so cute. And I looked at his uh, Twitter bio. He's 14. He's got journalist. I know. I know. And I'm thinking at 14, if somebody had called me cute, I'd have been. Argh! But they did call me that they didn't care oh yeah so, unbelievable yeah jack bailey and a canucks fan is that the canucks uh, more leafs okay more leafs big time leafs fans so i don't understand you you people i like it that cheer for toronto thank you jordan nice way to start a new week eh uh john kirby what podcast rod blue line sports podcast i'll give you all the deets later but uh i think he's posting it today anyways it's episode number 505 of canada's daytime sports talk show and we got an awesome guest list today thanks to producer clark tsn's darren dreger uh joe lazito fast becoming our islanders insider between him and clark gillies we got two Joe's going to join us from Long Island to talk about the Isles, and uh, they're up 1-0 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Jim Lang's going to join us. He uh, is Canada's foremost NFL expert, longtime morning man and fan, 590 Toronto. So that's going to be great. Can we hit the quick six show topics, please, Jordan? You, You people understand that this is our time right now here in the warm-up. 
not yours. We'll get to your comments in a moment, but it's about me and Moose here right now. So number one, CFL Board of Governors vote. I can see your questions coming in. When's the vote? Clark, did you ever find out? Because I didn't. He's... Oh, he's heard two things right now and this afternoon. I had Hustler write me from Winnipeg yesterday going, When's the, when are they going to announce the results? I don't know. Of all the people I talked to over the weekend, nobody, I didn't ask. My guess, around noon within a uh, mountain time, within an hour or two of that. Uh, I was actually counting on you helping me, Moose, on this because okay. you're, you're, you're much better CEO type than me. If they know that the vote's going to be potentially unanimous, but for sure, yes, why are they even having a vote? Why the pomp and circumstance? Why the smoke and mirrors? You know me as a black and white guy. We're going. Let's go. Why are they doing this? It's PR now. Oh, right. is it? It's, I think it's a lot of PR. <laughs> now I, they care. I think the vote was scheduled. I don't know that it was necessarily something that they announced publicly, right? This is what the Nailers and the Farhands and the Dunks and the Madanis, they, they sourced this out, right, to say, you know, now we're hearing that there's a vote coming on June 14th. So, you know, they have to vote at some point. They can assume that it's unanimous, but eventually to, un- to know it has to be a vote. So today was the scheduled vote day, and away we go. Okay, so everybody's writing in saying, noon Eastern, they're voting. Okay, smarty pantses, when are they announcing it? I got to think early afternoon, August 17th, last summer when they announced they weren't going to play was the same day. It was like right after the vote. So maybe when we're on the air, I don't know. Clark said he's keeping his eyes peeled. And I know you've been talking to the CFL PR people, Clark, but I mean, I'm sorry. I've been talking to the executives and the coaches and the players. I have not been talking to the governors at all. So there's that. Moving on to point two, CFL, unless you had more on that. No. CFL returned to play, and some are saying, Rod, why are you talking about the CFL so much? Because it's June, and they should be playing, right? It's CFL time. So just this morning, Ontario's Heritage Minister, Lisa McLeod, comes out with a statement and says that the, the road's clear now for the Red Blacks and the Ticats, and apparently she forgot the Argos in her tweet, but the Blue Jays and the OHL to get back onto the field and all the other teams and leagues in Ontario. So that's very positive. But I should tell you the conversations that I had over the weekend were this. And they were good, but they were also somewhat bad in that they're like, we're going to give it a go. But we're, we gotta, we're subject to all these health and safety protocols. Some of them, Darren, don't make any sense to me. Why are we doing this? You talk about PR. A lot of COVID's been PR. You understand that, right? Oh, yeah. Why do we need this in the locker room? Why do we need to do this at the outside the stadium? Why? Why? Why are NHL coaches wearing masks right now when none of the fans are? Okay, so it's, it's being a lot of this doesn't make sense, but they're saying we're going to give it a go. But it's like if there's an outbreak on one team, 40 guys test positive, we're done. So it kind of smacks of a year ago at this time where all these leagues were like, we're going we're gonna to try it. And the NFL got stopped in some cases. Look at the Denver Broncos. Look at the, was it the Ravens, right? Yep. Um, baseball got stopped for a period. They all got going again, but that's kind of where the CFL is. It's still a lot, a lot of this. Did I tell you that this weekend when I saw you? Yeah. Yeah, all that. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot, and there's a lot going on, but 
We're in a better spot, though. I, I really think we're in a better spot than we were a year ago. You know, at least, you know, more of us have our vaccinations. Now we're lining up in, in the rectangle here to get our second vaccinations as early as next week. And some are already getting those. We're seeing that pop up on social. But it, it's happening in Alberta now where they're eligible for their second vaccine a lot sooner. Um, so if that spreads and we have until August, right? I'm more confident that we're going to be able to get to these uh, double vaccinations. I thank the coaches that are texting me, too, that, did, that they're voting at noon Eastern. Well, Clark says, I have a tweet from Kevin Brown. Did you write that? You said, do you want to show it? I don't know what the tweet is, Clark. I, I don't know. I don't know what the tweet is, so you're going to have to tell me whether, we, whether you want to. I don't know what it is. So Kevin Brown is, spoiler alert, we're playing ball. Naylor's been saying that for a week. So they're saying they voted. That doesn't tell me anything. I'm sorry. The warm-up is brought to you by Ecall Electric, your complete electrical distributor with locations in Regina, Estevan, Swift Current, Yorkton, and Moose Jaw. Ecall Electric, let's get to work. I think I'm ready to move on from this. I'm getting upset. Like, what? What? We were told to expect Yes. I'd like to know what the vote was. Eight one seven two six three. Who didn't vote? Like that, that, that didn't tell me anything. And camps haven't opened yet either. By the way, there's guys. <laughs> what did Luke Mullender say this morning? My good and longtime friend, color guy, still for the Rough Riders, saying, "He who owns the gold makes the rules." The CFL's third and goal from the three right now, and we need a touchdown. They're not out of the woods today. But I'm just trying to stay positive with it. Point three, Islanders beat Tampa Bay 2-1. And uh, most I didn't watch the game. I was outside yesterday. I saw the Instagram poll that Nelson Vo, our content creator, put up on our story saying, what are you watching today? I think the options were Euro 2021, whatever it is. No. Blue Jays, Stanley Cup. I'm like, neither. It's... 34 degrees outside. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> no. How about no? We got nine months of not that to watch these other things. So I saw the scores. I saw the Islanders were up 2-0 in Tampa. And the Lightning scored a late power play goal, and they made it exciting. But did it? Did it? I feel like the whole world's just waking up to how good the New York Islanders are right now. I'm sorry to say I've been singing their praises all season long, and I, one thing dawned on me yesterday. I took my eye off the puck for 10 years and dove headfirst into the CFL and football. I took my eye off the puck. Guess what? I'm back in terms of analyzing hockey, watching hockey, talking to the guys and gals like I'm back. I said the Islanders are for real a long time ago. John Scott just tweeted it yesterday. Did you see his tweet? Yeah. Something along the lines of, I just noticed the Islanders are good. Yeah. Thanks, John. They are good. You know, and it starts at the top. Barry Trotz has the magic, right? He's got the magic touch, and they're playing really well. And, yeah, it wasn't the best Tampa game that we've seen. They're, they're, a, they're a better team than what we saw in game one. But, you know what, the Islanders are probably better than we saw in game one, too. I mean, new series. We always see that feeling out process. And I think it'll be a fun series. But, yeah, New York's good. Uh, the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, by the way, pertains to this. And I think it was Clark's idea, so kudos to you, Clark. If not you, perhaps Alan the intern. 
Uh, who will meet in the Stanley Cup final? We've put up the four combos there, so we're making you think. And leading the way, well, on a Twitter is a tie, Vegas Islanders and Montreal Islanders. But I guess after Sunday... On Twitter, everybody's thinking the Islanders are going to advance. What's the leader on Facebook? It's dead even, 33%, the same two you said. But reading into this, 66% of people are picking the Islanders as one team, and it looks like 50% are saying Vegas. So, um, But, yeah, it's uh, the Islanders. They're really getting on the Islanders, thinking that they're going to beat Tampa. So we'll see. Interesting. Drew Coasters watching from the Off the Hosel podcast. The Brent Sutter of the Prairie Junior Hockey League. He must be talking about his <laughs> league. He says, this league meeting this past Saturday and things look to be heating up. Back to a 40-game schedule. Excited to be back in the rink. 40 games for junior. What do they normally play that league? I think it's, it's right around there. Yeah, I it? think that's pretty much yeah, it. That's, that's good. Yeah, It's all going the right way. Mike Horrigan watching in Toronto says good afternoon from the 905 RP show and viewers like and subscribe. Thank you, Mike. And from Nelson Hackowitz, our VP of Sim Events, he says, I don't know if I'm more excited for the CFL news or the Vegas Golden Knights game day. 7 p.m. Mountain, by the way, Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights takes on the Montreal Canadiens. That's my point four, by the way. Clearly, Nelson was reading my diary. <laughs> Reading some interesting articles, by the way, on the contrast of this particular series. Montreal's been playing to mostly empty arenas and now just 2,500 fans. Now they're rolling into T-Mobile where it's been rocking for weeks, packed. They say the strip, the strip is packed. Vegas has basically declared COVID over. The blackjack tables are jammed. They're like pigs at a trough. What a contrast, right? And, oh, just, yeah. and just for the Habs to walk in there and play in that, they're going to have to uh, get caught up fast because the Golden Knights have been playing this way for a while. Yeah. There's in a, this atmosphere. It's a different you know, element altogether. When they're yelling and, and you're not really ready for that, yeah, these are pros, and the naysayers would say, but Rod, Darren, like, they've, they've played in front of fans before. They're pros. They can do this. It's different. It's different, especially when you get used to something else. So... It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what game one and two is like. But look it, I thought game one in the last series was going to go the same way as the Vegas-Colorado game one went. I thought Montreal should rest Carey Price. I thought Jake Allen should start because they're going to get steamrolled in game one. Coming off a seven-game series, you know, the emotional roller coaster that was that series with Toronto for them. And no, they said, forget about it. We're playing Carey Price, and they just had their way with the Winnipeg Jets, you know. I don't know what's going to happen in game one. I'd like to think that Vegas is going to have an upper hand and the crowd's going to play a factor and, and Montreal's going to be on their heels and it might get away from them. But this is Montreal. And I've said it's a team you can't explain, right? It's destiny. It's magic. It's the hockey gods. It's all of those things. So I really don't know what to expect. It is a tantalizing matchup. I mean, Tampa Islanders, very good. We got good friends in that series. But over here, Vegas has their flower. Montreal has their flower. Guy Lafleur, right? Yeah. Two uh, iconic goaltenders. It's just everything you could possibly want for this time of year. And uh, Vegas will win this series in probably six games. Moving on, Blue Jays. How about them yesterday? 18-4 road over the Red Sox. I only watched the highlights, of course, because as I said, I was outside. But the Blue Jays opened this uh, week seven and a half games off the division lead. And they're rolling. And can I just say this? I've seen the blown leads 
the shoddy bullpen play. I don't think I've clarified this as much as I'm going to right now. I have faith in Charlie Montoyo. I have faith in Ross Atkins. I have faith in Mark Shapiro, and he's the last guy I thought that they would. So they might not get there this year, but they're on their way. they got plenty of time here to make the acquisitions. I don't know how. Well, I do know how, actually. There's no salary cap in baseball, so they'll find a way. If they feel that they can contend and that's all they need, they'll go get it. But I see people just losing their ever-loving minds on social media over how, you know, that a managerial mistake, an error by Vladdy at first, bullpen decisions, and I'm not going to be that guy, Darren. They expect perfection, and I can tell you this team's not perfect, but they're pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good. I mean, well, they've eight home runs, most allowed in a single game at yeah. Fenway Park. It's like, amazing. With the, with the monster and everything else, I mean, that is outstanding. So clearly they've got a lot of really good pieces, and they're capable. But you're right. They're not perfect. And if they want to be perfect, they're going to have to add. That'll be decisions. They've got a little time. They can kick this can down the road a little bit longer, see where they're at, you know, in a month from now. But it's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch. Brian Eitenauer watching on Facebook says, Montreal will get a rude awakening against Vegas. Montreal has beaten two teams that are not very good so far. Yeah, maybe. Why do I feel like Tuesday morning the uh, Habs are going to wake up in their hotel room? It's going to be like a scene from The Hangover. They're all going to be strolling around the hotel and be a tiger in the bathroom. What is it? The Golden Knights. Don't say you weren't warned. And point six, we got to spend more time on this probably with Jim Lang, but Green Bay Packers president Mark Murphy, I don't know if you saw he came out and said that Aaron Rodgers is, quote, a complicated fella. This a week after saying neither side should speak on the Aaron Rodgers situation. This guy said it, Darren, the president of the Packers. Nobody should be talking about this. this is a highly delicate matter. And then he comes out at the mini camp and says, what can I say about Aaron Rodgers? He's a highly complicated fella. You probably just sealed Aaron leaving. Or at the very least, not stepping on the, foot, uh, on the football field ever again. Because of idiotic comments like that. So if Aaron Rodgers is done, you can thank the team president, Mark Murphy, for that. Doesn't get it. Oh, my. Did you not know that he said that? Yeah, I did. No, 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 I absolutely did. But I had the same feeling. It's like fighting with your girlfriend or your wife, right? A couple things you just don't say. (laughs) Relax. Yeah. There's one. Or if there's a crowd of people and you're, she's just emotional, right? (laughs) There's things you don't say. And that's one. He's a complicated guy. Yeah, you don't say that. Darren Drager next. This has been the warm-up for E. Cole Electric. Let's get to work. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 505 of Canada's daytime sports talk show coming down. We have a lot of NHL things to get to with Darren Drager, and we're awaiting... Maybe at any moment, the announcement, the news of the CFL's Board of Governors vote. But if it's yes, they're playing, that would be kind of anticlimactic as we were told that was going to happen by Dave Naylor. I want to know who voted for what. If it's 9-0, yeah. But we should know any moment. 
So talking about the CFL insider to now the NHL insider, if you've got questions for Darren Dreger, please uh, fire him at us as we bring him on in here. And let's uh, just start, Dregs, if you don't mind. G'day, sir. With yesterday's game, did you see the Islanders going into Tampa and winning uh, 2-1? Uh, no, I didn't see that happening. Uh, enough respect and, uh, and, and education based on what I've seen from the New York Islanders to believe that that's going to be a series. And that's exactly what it is going to be now. Uh, but, man, the, the Tampa Lightning almost fell into that New York Islanders trap, right? And even though there's so many offensive weapons on the Lightning side, um, you know, they, they, the Islanders flat out frustrate teams. That's what they do. And if they get a quality of goaltending like they got from Varlamov, uh, then they are going to be a problem for any team that they face, even the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, but as John Cooper said, Rod, post-game, okay, the New York Islanders played the game that they wanted to open the series, uh, executed to perfection all the defensive detail work that Barry Trotz loves to do and the players obviously have bought into. But now it's the Lightning's job to pick that game apart. And uh, who among us is going to question whether or not the Lightning are capable of doing that? Very, very, very deep team. So this can be a heck of a series. Absolutely. Well, look at the look at who they've beaten Tampa, by the way. Florida and Carolina, two great yeah. teams already. And yeah. now the Islanders and Dregs. It kind of shocks me that a New York team could go under the radar, but it kind of seems like they have. I listened to Linda Cohn this morning on NHL radio. She talked about Matthew Barzal being the face of the franchise. He is. Most NHL fans, I don't think, could pick him out of the lineup on the street, Dregs. Like, how does New York go under the radar? Yeah, and, and that's unfortunate uh, because Mark, Matt Barzell is uh, he, he's, he's, he's heading in the direction of being an elite skilled forward. No question about that. I, I, I think he needs a little bit more seasoning from an NHL perspective, but he's got star status already. Uh, this is Lou Amarillo, though, right? Lou does what Lou does, and nobody does it better, historically speaking, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Barry Trotz, shockingly, is available as head coach. Uh, probably a, a mulligan that Ted Leonsis and the Washington Capitals would like to have, with great respect to Peter Laviolette, who's a highly decorated coach of the Washington Capitals now. But all Barry Trotz does is win, and players just want to play for him. He doesn't play the most flashy style. He's never been that type of coach in that type of environment. But players buy in. And if you've got that, more often than not, then that's the ingredient that winning coaches, winning general managers, and winning owners tell me is so difficult to find. Um, so he's got that. And then Lou goes out and says, you know, I, maybe we need a little bit more experience sprinkled in. So he goes to two very familiar players uh, in Cal Palmieri and Travis Zajac. And both of those guys have brought with them a ton of experience, which you know helps you get past the situation that they had with Anders Lee uh, and, and some of the other pieces that they've had to struggle with with injury and otherwise. And then you've got the goaltending tandem that exists with the New York Islanders. So I don't know, man. I, I agree with the assessment of a club that flies under the radar, but maybe that's because they don't do anything flashy. But they are the sum of their parts, and the sum of their parts – is a, a very good hockey club, individually speaking, as well. So the other series starts tonight, as you know, 9 yeah. Eastern, Montreal at Vegas. I've got Vegas in six. They are my team, as you know. I'm calling them Canada's team. Um, wonderful essay, if you will, by Michael Farber on your network. Watched it on SportsCenter on the Habs, right? Yeah. What's your read? What are you going to be watching in this series? 
Well, I want to see if the Montreal Canadiens can do, at least at the beginning of this series, what they did to Winnipeg and before that, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, look, uh, Winnipeg didn't push as hard as most of us were expecting the Jets were going to push. You lose Mark Shifley to suspension, and that took a lot of wind out of the sails up front in Winnipeg. But, you know, that left two and a half lines of a formidable top nine in Winnipeg that didn't get the job done. So that's as much on Winnipeg as it was on Montreal. But the Montreal Canadiens did a terrific job of, of keeping the Winnipeg Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs to the outside. And I feel like that's got to be their focus against the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, as good as that top nine in Winnipeg should have been, you look at the top nine of the, the Vegas Golden Knights and holy smokes. Uh, I mean, their second line is as good as their top line. They've got Alex Tuck, who for me, you talk about Matt Barzell being underrated. Alex Tuck is an underrated third-line player for me playing with the Vegas Golden Knights. He's quick. He's huge. Um, if he can get to the net, then Carey Price is going to have a problem. But that has to be the mindset defensively, the structure of the, the Montreal Canadiens going into this best of seven. Do whatever you can to keep that big team to the outside. If they do that, Carey Price sees the puck, he's going to stop it. It's that simple. Uh, but I, I like your assessment. I'm okay with your prediction. I think that you know, given the experience, the track record of the Vegas Golden Knights now, three to four semifinal appearances, a trip to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, they've got a, a wealth of experience, even though they've been in the National Hockey League for a short period of time. I picked Vegas at the start of the year. I thought that this was going to be the top Stanley Cup contender. So I'm not going to shift from that at this stage. I, I, I like your prediction of Vegas in six. Thank you. Highlight of the playoffs for me so far is Craig Button saying the Habs might win a game, one game against the Leafs. Saw how that turned out, and Craig can never go home to his hometown anymore, much like he's just getting He ate a lot of crow over that one. He ate a lot of crow. But but that's the beauty of of Craig Button or Rod, yourself, me. I mean, if you're going to make these bold proclamations, right, then own it when you're miserably (laughs) wrong. And Button was miserably wrong, but he's wearing it. And uh, now, uh, I mean, he doesn't necessarily cheer for anyone, but from a Canadian perspective, it's a pretty cool story. So I'm hoping that it's a good series, and I expect it will be. Uh, the viewers have a few questions for you, if you don't mind, Dregs. Ryan McCarthy yeah. watching in Saratoga, New York, says, is it fair a lot of NHL fans call the Islanders a boring team to watch? Disclosure, I don't think the Islanders play boring hockey I can tell you Jacques Lemaire and and Lou Lamarillo in the 90s didn't care what they said about the Devils when they were winning cups have you heard people say the Islanders are boring not as much not comparatively speaking to those days that you're referring um, I covered a lot of New Jersey Devils hockey when they were on their Stanley Cup runs um, you're right what what never got boring was watching that team celebrate after a series win and then hoist the Stanley Cup that's all Lou cared about. That's all the coaches cared about. And that's all the, the great players who come from that era cared about. Um, there are times when the New York Islanders style of play can be challenging. But, you know, that's part of, of, of being a successful team. It doesn't matter if you've got the flash and dash of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Look, when I when I look at the, the blue line of the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's a defensively responsible and a very strong unit back there, Right. You know, Tampa Bay defends well. It's just they've got far more weapons and they've got a high-octane style that they can run with. Well, the Islanders aren't capable of playing that game, but they do have an individual skill set that can certainly pounce on opportunity. So is it boring? Yeah, maybe there are phases and stretches of it that are boring, but it's 
it's it's not like the old days of, of the New Jersey Devils and some other clubs that had to play that way just to survive. Producer Clark's got a few, and um, one was regarding the Seattle Kraken. I mean, the hockey people are talking about that expansion draft. No, like the fans really aren't. Are you hearing yeah. anything there about pre-draft <laughs> trades like Krim and McPhee pulled off with Vegas, or what do you think is uh-huh. going to go down there? Well, yeah, th- there will be that type of activity. I I feel like the general managers will probably learn some valuable lessons from their experiences with George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon because a few guys got fleeced uh, leading up to that expansion draft. Now, I, I'm, I, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking the Pittsburgh trade involving Marc-Andre Fleury, and that wasn't the case, right? Like, that was a win-win because, you know, the Penguins with Jimmy Rutherford at the time knew that they just didn't they, – they didn't have the cap space – uh, to keep everybody that they needed to keep. And unfortunately for Marc-Andre Fleury, um, you know, he seemed to be the odd man out. And, and probably if there was an opportunity to do it again, maybe Pittsburgh would think differently because Marc-Andre uh, Fleury's career has not trended downward. I mean, the evidence is is there and how this guy's been terrific wire to wire. So it is going to be interesting to see how some teams you know, try and persuade Ronnie Francis to maybe push away from a certain player. But isn't that the, the beauty of the expansion draft? Isn't that why the Seattle Kraken, before that, the Vegas Golden Knights, paid an exorbitant amount of money in an expansion fee? It's so that you can hit the ice in full speed. I mean, that's what it's all about. Nobody could have predicted that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to be as good as they've been from the moment that they dropped puck in Vegas. So that's an incredibly difficult uh, example to follow if you're Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken. But again, lessons were learned by general managers who panicked a little bit. Uh, but I still think that the Seattle Kraken, based on the expansion draft, and I'm a big believer in Ron Francis. I really, truly am. I think that he's going to put a real competitive team on the ice when they get going. Any rumors on a coach for the Kraken? Um, you know, Clark has brought up Gerard Gallant and the great job at the Worlds. When yeah. God, that's got to be getting close. Yeah, you know what, Rod? It feels like another Rod might be gumming it up, and that's Rod Brindamore. Um, and not because, you know, anything that, that, that he's doing. You know, I, I believe that Rod Brindamore is staying with the Carolina Hurricanes. I'd be surprised if they don't get that deal announced. Um, as has been reported and was talked about last week, there are a couple of layers to this, it feels like. Nobody would be surprised that Rod Brindamore is trying to look after others within the organization, right? That's just the character of the man. Man, he's high class. I still, again, as I'm talking, I'm thinking about the handshake with uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sure you guys talked about it and saw it when he had his brief exchange with uh, Vasilevsky. And you could see he's poking him in the chest. (laughs) And you could just tell he was saying great things about the quality of the goaltender, that Vasilevsky is, because that's what Rod Brindamore is all about, right? Acknowledge greatness, and he did in that moment. So he's looking after his assistant coaches and I think some of the training staff. But I believe that that deal will get done. But until it's announced, if you're Seattle or if you're the New York Rangers or a team with interest, why wouldn't you wait? Why wouldn't you wait? If Rod Brindamore suddenly doesn't get the deal that we expect he's going to get done with the Hurricanes to stay there, then he moves right up to the top of the list with great respect to Rick Tockett and Gerard Gallant and some of the other great candidates out there. So I feel like as soon as that gets announced in Carolina, then you'll see Tockett either land in Seattle or Gerard Gallant with the New York Rangers or vice versa. But it is a bit of a domino effect, I think, in play, Rod. 
I think we have two and a half minutes. Last question. Everybody's still talking about the lightning and the injury reserve and being 18 million over the cap. And it's like, guys, it's a loophole. This is Kelly McCrimmon 101, Hugh Campbell stuff. This is how you win. Why can't people let this die? I know, man. Uh, I had this conversation this morning with my good pal, Gord Miller. Um, and Gord stays in tune with, you know, many general managers around the league. And, and we talked about whether or not this is something that the NHL and the NHLPA are going to tangle with in the future. What the problem right now is uh, it is a collective bargaining issue, right? So it's not as simple as the NHL saying, yeah, we can't have that happening. And no, they, if they want to change something, it has to be bargained. It has to be negotiated. So it's not a quick fix if that's even needed. One thing we know is the NHL was very actively involved in the process, watching closely, uh, had their medical people in tune with medical people in Tampa Bay specific to Nikita Kucherov and the surgery that he had, the timeline for recovery and, and all of that. But going through something intriguing to me that I wondered down the road might be considered as a potential twist to what might be needed in the way of a fix, and that's, uh, a roster availability and, and limitations on how few games you have to play at the NHL level in the regular season to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs. And could it be as basic as that, right? I mean, what if you had to play 25 games as an example? I don't know what the number would be. And I'm sure there are managers who are going to listen to this and go, ah, Dreger doesn't know what he's talking about. He shouldn't be listening to Gordon Miller all of that. But it feels like the, it feels like it is something that needs to be addressed. But I keep saying the same thing over and over, and I apologize, Rod. It's not like the NHL allows the Tampa Bay, or any club for that matter, to legally cap circumvent. It doesn't happen. To your point, you described it beautifully. There are loopholes that most general managers look for. Few of them find or can execute. Uh, and Julian Brisebois is the best of the best. An honorable mention most definitely goes to Kelly McCrimmon and Kyle Dubas and a few others. Absolutely. Dregs, wonderful chatting hockey with you. Uh, thanks for the time as always. Enjoy the games. My pleasure. Thanks for having me as always. TSN NHL insider Darren Dreger joining us from the GTA. We got a sports update on the way. Everybody wants to know about that CFL Board of Governors vote. It's a hot day, dupes. Oh, yeah. And we'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rob. Welcome back, everybody. Still no update on the CFL Board of Governors vote. And our man Nelson Hakowicz wrote in and he said, this vote has a very much no lead is safe feel to it. <laughs> uh, I just saw on the old Twitter, on the uh, internet, the international network. It says CFL franchises have been told to proceed like it's happening. This is from Three Down. CFL franchises have been told to proceed like it's happening and prepare as if the 2021 season is a go per sources. That's from Three Down, which was... Why can't they just be straight up? I tried 
Yeah, but I tried to get that out in the warm-up, but I did a very poor job of it. That should have been the story a year ago. Like, until you cancel the season, it has to be business as usual. Okay, you so have to plan for a season until it's canceled, let's, no matter what. Let's double back. I just want to read a sports update, okay? Right. Why does it never go easy? I know. I know. Islanders goalie Semyon Varlamov earned his fourth straight victory in New York's 2-1 win over Tampa Bay in Game 1 of the NHL's Stanley Cup semifinal. Varlamov and fellow goalie Ilya Sorokin became just the third pair of teammates to have personal win streaks of at least four games in a single postseason. Nobody cares about that. I know. It's one nothing Islanders up on Tampa. And tonight, Canada's team, the Vegas Golden Knights, host Montreal, 7 p.m. Mountain in the Fortress. Uh, Yanis Antetokounmpo had 34 points, and the Milwaukee Bucks rolled to a 107-96 Game 4 victory over the Brooklyn Nets last night. That series now tied 2-2. Meanwhile, Devin Booker and Chris Paul led the Phoenix Suns to a four-game sweep of the Denver Nuggets. How about that? Oh, yeah. Suns won 125-118 in a game where MVP Nikola Jokic was ejected for swiping Cameron Payne in the face. The Suns have been hot garbage for decades. Eh, since Nash played there, right? And they went to a conference final. But still, this is amazing. It's a Cinderella run. And they're at like a number two seed, which is incredible. Does the glass slipper fit the Suns better or the Montreal Canadiens better? Ooh. The Suns. Poll question the tomorrow. Suns. It's the Suns. Write it down. You understand it's Cinderella for one of them. Oh, yeah. South Africa's Garrick Higo won the Palmetto Championship at Congaree for his first PGA Tour victory on Sunday. And Kyle Larson was back in the NASCAR All-Star race and earned another $1 million by winning it again. Larson held off a hard-charging Brad Keselowski during the final 10-lap shootout. Defending All-Star winner and reigning cup champ, Chase Elliott finished third. And for you, a Pekingese named Wasabi. One best show. Can you? We got the photo. We have a photo. We got there. He is. Look at that cute little thing. That looks like something you'd use to dust your kitchen floor. <laughs> How about that? That's that's wasabi. <laughs> a Pekingese named Wasabi won best in show at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show on the weekend. Wasabi came out on top of a finalist pack that also included a whippet, a French bulldog, an old English sheepdog a German short-haired pointer, and a Samoyed? Am I saying that right? I don't know. Altogether, tw- altogether 2,500 dogs entered the prestigious canine event. They weren't social distancing! And Wasabi, 2,500 do- dogs, <laughs> and that, that was one? one. Okay. Looks like a freak. <laughs> Were they all vaccinated? This sports update for the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store, where I feel we'll be going for lunch at some point this week, and for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Let's jump into um, viewer takeover here from Jack Fulton in Alberta. From where I stand, if there's a CFL season in 2021, hinges on one thing and one thing only: health authorities giving the okay for fans in the stands. Probably, yeah. Lee Harding, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you on Friday. You want to write me again? I am so sorry. No excuse for me not getting back to you. Lee says he writes for the Epoch Times, by the way. How about that? How about New- that? Yeah, New York publication. He says a Vegas game experience seems electrifying. 
Not in a death row kind of way. <laughs> Maybe for Montreal. Dun, dun, dun. Look, the Vegas Golden Knights do not take their eye off the ball. Ever. No. I don't think this is going to be pretty for the Canadiens. Let's come back for a full-on viewer takeover, okay? And we got Joe Lazito coming up and Jim Lang. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Okay, welcome back, everybody. The moose is loose. I am. You're wearing that Rough Riders pullover. This was on purpose. <laughs> I was going to say, in it's... honor of something today? Yeah. I'm... Look it. I hope that they say yes. Yeah. I want to be excited. I got... She said yes. Look it. I got, I got plans this afternoon um, in the CEO role around here is the... We're planning tailgate parties and all that kind of stuff. Assuming, look at, I'm assuming the votes yes. I want to. Yeah. I'm also not going to be upset if it's no. It's not going to like I'm not hinging everything on it. But look at, I'm wearing it. I want to be planning tailgate parties for this show and for the fans. I want to be talking about where we're going to be going for Grey Cup and what our party is going to look like. I want to be doing those things today. So yeah. here I'm hoping. I do want to say, Dan, the Jets fan watching on YouTube, I think he's in Winnipeg. He says, why is this so complicated with the CFL season? And I was hoping you, Moose, could answer that earlier. And you couldn't. I just, it's why this league is incredibly difficult to cover. It's really hard to cover. But anyways, yesterday on that podcast yesterday, Blue Line Sports Podcast, that I'm sure Jack Bailey is still watching. Can you put the photo up of this kid out of Ottawa? I was on his show yesterday. I just love him like the Dickens. Can I, can I say that? Do you guys still have it? There. He asked who's going to win the Grey Cup, and I said the Hamilton Well, that was fast. Who's going to win the Grey Cup? And he said, I said Hamilton. He said the Calgary Stampeders. And I just thought it's nice to actually be talking about that. To be honest. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and I saw, by the way, you picked the Hamilton Tiger Cats yeah, to win the Grey Cup. I did. Uh, how's that? You're... I'll be cheering for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and my dude Cody Fajardo. But the Hamilton Tiger Cats were 15-3 and three the last time we saw them play pre-pandemic and made it all the way to the Grey Cup. They're still mad. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of good teams. Do you remember the talk a year ago? And that was... All nine teams in the CFL could give you a case as to why they think they are legitimate Great Cup champions. There's not one team going in that's a Rudy Poo, that's a doormat. Not one. That's right. Um, Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, what reason could they give for a no vote? The only reason would be if the Toronto Argonauts didn't want to spend the money, if it costs more to play than not play, which is what was the case last year. That's the thing with Naylor when he was on with us on Friday. That's what just annoys me about the CFL. He's like, well, it could be 8-1, but the other eight teams could turn on the one team and put pressure on them. I'm like, what? what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And on the weekend when I had CFL people calling me at 
I would suggest pretty high levels, they were saying, we're going we're gonna to give it a go. And I think that kind of goes in line with what the three-down tweet was this morning. We're telling teams to prepare as if there's a season. You're like, well, they were doing that last year, and they pulled the pin, right? Yeah. Here, I'm not going to say getting to give any hints because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but they're saying we're going to try it. And I, did I say this in the warm-up? I can't remember. This is what should be the statement coming out of the CFL today. We're going to start. We cannot guarantee we're going to finish. But at least we're going to try. And that was enough for me because I've been ragging these guys for a year to play. And they're at least doing what I have been personally begging them to do and the players and, every, and all the stakeholders. They're doing it. So I'm off their back. They're going to go. But do they finish? I don't know. It reminds me of Goodell last year saying we're going to kick off in September with full stadiums. Well, they kicked off. Stadiums weren't full, but at least they played. And it was, what did I say? About that guiding the plane last week, right? That trying to keep the plane up. Yeah. They didn't totally, well, they kept it in the air. They landed the plane, but that's the National Football League. The NHL ended their season. I don't think too many leagues started and didn't finish in this pandemic thing. Yeah. But where the CFL is, they're like, we're going to give it a go. It's enough for me. What could you criticize out of that? No, I think that's that's exactly what you should be doing, you know, and it's all about PR too, right? And they just hate to say they're going to go and then not go, and they don't want to look bad, and nobody does. But you know what? I, I, I'm optimistic with the position that they're in right now. It's, it's the opposite, though, of like, you know, they say live every day like it's your last. Well, that wouldn't be quite the best way to go because when you wake up the next day and your bank account's empty and all the things are, you know, that wouldn't be great. But you have to, you have to you know, live today like you're going to be playing tomorrow. So you have to be hiring ticket sale people and have them ready to go. And look, at, it's contingent on... A, B, and C, but we got to have you in place, and we need to be marketing, and we have to have a schedule, which we haven't seen yet. We need yeah. to see those things. i got to say a couple things before we go. Carlos Legena is watching in uh, Indy. He says, is this definitive, or is there still a chance the league kicks this can down the road? Zach Nelson in Calgary says, the CFL announcement not expected until late afternoon local time. This league from Terry Jones. Guys, don't bring me down. What's that great song by ELO? Don't bring me down. I'm being Mr. Positive. It just reminds me of all those years I'm having flashbacks from the teams where they're like, you need to make us look good. I can't do that when you crap in your own backyard. Back off. Stand down. Get your act together. It makes no sense to me why they would vote at 10 a.m. Mountain and not announce it till supper time. I don't get it. But I don't answer for them anymore. They got people to do that. Hour two uh, coming up. We got Joe Lazito from New York. And we got Jim Lang. It's going to be awesome. Stick around. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.